0: have such sights to show you. Don't come any closer. You're behind us.
1: I met this six-year-old child with blackest eyes. eyes. You're listening to Some Daylight Required, a father and daughter podcast dedicated to reviewing the classic and the not-so-classic horror movies, thrillers, or something just a little spooky, and of course, each review comes with a healthy side of general chit-chat. This week, we camp around a crystal lake, so sit back, relax, and join us on our journey into the depths of darkness as we discuss Friday the 13th, Part 2. I
0: told the others, they didn't believe you, you are doomed, you are doomed.
1: Hello and welcome to Some Daylight Required, the only podcast sharper than a machete. I am Ray the Munchman Williams, and today I'm joined by my co host, three time champion camp counsellor, Emily. How are you doing, Emily?
0: Um, I'm good. I'm doing good.
1: good. Excellent, excellent. You've been having a good week?
0: Yeah, it's been pretty good. I'm just about to finish building a Lego Taj Mahal, which was very big and painful to build.
1: I bet it was. It's been uh, taking you quite a while to build that with your mum, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, it has. We haven't had a lot of time to do it, but it's been really fun doing it.
1: That's good. It's looking good. I saw it uh, yesterday afternoon, and it's almost finished. It's, it's looking pretty good that it's now almost complete. Yes. Ready for display. Ooh.
0: It's a lot bigger than what I expected it to be, actually.
1: <laughs> now, what else have you been up to on the weekend or in the past week since we last spoke?
0: Well, I have been reading, and I have nearly finished reading the book sky pirates
1: oh yes i remember you talking about that in an earlier episode how's that going now
0: yes it's getting better definitely i don't hate the main character as much
1: (laughs) that's that's a nice surprise
0: (laughs) um yeah
1: Because you you did find her a bit annoying, didn't you, to begin with?
0: Yeah, she was very annoying at at the beginning. But now she's okay.
1: So give me uh, a reminder of the plot on this. I remember it was something about her trying to find her mother or something.
0: Uh, Yeah, so she's like in this little kingdom-y place. And that's like the only place that everybody in there think that that's the only place that exists. And if you go outside, you'll die by falling off the edge of the world or something. It's similar to a Smallfoot kind of plot, basically.
1: Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. The movie Smallfoot, where yeah. the uh, Yetis are uh, living up on top of the mountain, and they all believe um, that if everything below the cra- if they go down below the cloud line of the mountains, then they'll just like fall to their death or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's something similar to that. But then she, but she doesn't know who her mother was, and then she goes on this big adventure trying to find her mother but she doesn't care what anybody else thinks and she's just really painful and I don't <laughs> like her until the very end when she finds her mother and then it's like, you, you were good for like half a chapter <laughs> and you turned bad again.
1: Right. Anything else you've been up to? You've been playing any video games or watching any other things on TV lately?
0: Uh No, not really. I haven't had the most exciting week. <laughs> <laughs> uh What about you? What have you been watching or reading or playing?
1: Yeah, look, I unfortunately haven't been playing anything lately, but I still, of course, going through the Dark Knight metal comics, um, the the DC comics. That is still really enjoying that. But new show that I've actually just watched on um, it's on Prime Video. It's called Truth Seekers, and it stars Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and they're two British actors, and they've been in quite a few movies together. They started out like they really hit the scene in their movie. Shaun of the Dead, which is one of my favourite zombie horror movies, and it's an absolute right. And then they did a couple of other movies, but they haven't actually been on screen together for about seven years, and this is their first time back on screen together, and it's a television series that's um, yeah, just on Amazon Prime Video, and it's roughly, it's sort of like Nick Frost is a guy, who works for a Wi-Fi company which is owned by Simon Pegg, and he goes around and he fixes people's broadband and that. But he has his own YouTube channel called The Truth Seekers and he's basically trying to find all this paranormal activity stuff like when people say that somewhere's haunted, he'll go and, and try and um, work out if it really is haunted. And it's kind of a dodgy thing. But then he get he doesn't like working with other people. But then he gets teamed up with a guy called Elton John and he they end up becoming sort of friends and that. And then real paranormal activity stuff sort of starts happening to them the show then builds up to a big plot thing that that's it. all these little paranormal things that have been happening start joining together and there's a big uh, chain of events that are all happening and it's all linked together so I've actually just finished watching that probably wasn't as funny as I was expecting it to be with for having Nick Frost and Simon Pegg in it together but it was still intriguing enough and it still had a fair bit of humor in it but I, I really liked it like They've left it open for a season two, so I will actually probably go back and watch season two if they do make a season two. So uh, that's what I've basically been watching um, for the last few days outside of our normal scheduled television. Is there anything else you've been doing lately? Uh, no. No, that's been about it for me. I did catch up with some friends as well on on the weekend and played some more games, played that, uh, star trek ascendancy game which is another big board game based on star trek good fun if anyone's out there listening is loves star trek star trek ascendancy is the star trek board game for you so i highly recommend it we played it four players just the other day took a few hours but it was a great afternoon before we move on to our main discussion there's just one thing i wanted to raise i threw the gauntlet down and said that if anyone out there actually liked Halloween 3 to send us an email and let us know well today we actually got one that's right uh Kevin from cinematic randomness actually sent sent us an email the other day and he sent one today and in it he I, I threw out the gauntlet saying that you know I put out the challenge if you actually liked Halloween 3 season of the witch to to email us and he did so there is actually a person out there who likes it. And apparently there is a little bit of a fan base. Obviously, it was also mentioned that, you know, as a standalone film, it's pretty good. I, you know, I eat my words. There's, there's actually seems to be a fan base out there for Halloween 3. So There's
0: a fan base for everything.
1: There is. So thanks, Kevin, for sending your email out uh, to us and letting us know that you are a fan of Halloween 3. And I'd also like to recommend that if anyone is looking for a good movie review website is to go check out Kevin's website, which is Cinematic Randomness. And I'll just include a link to his website in our show notes. So if anyone is interested in checking out his website and his reviews, I highly recommend it. Go have a look. And uh, thanks again for the email, Kevin. All right. Well, if there is nothing else that um, that you've been up to, I'm Pretty much done as well. So let's move on straight into our main discussion for Friday the 13th, Part 2.
0: Yes, let's move on to the main discussion.
1: Okay, so as mentioned, we're going to discuss Friday the 13th, Part 2. So a quick rundown of the storyline is... Five years after Alice Behead's psycho killer slash mother Pamela Voorhees at Camp Crystal Lake, a camp counsellor in training program begins at Nac Lodge, which is right near Camp Crystal Lake. As teenagers in the program start snooping around Camp Crystal Lake, they start getting killed violently one by one. This time it is Jason Voorhees that is doing the killing. So we actually skipped Friday the 13th Part 1 and jumped straight on to Friday the 13th Part 2 because I wanted to show you a movie that actually had Jason in it. So, uh, spoiler warning, if you haven't seen Friday the 13th Part 1, Jason Voorhees is not the killer in that first movie. It's actually his mother. And it is Part 2 where Jason actually comes into it. Now... a little bit about this movie before we move into what we thought sort of thought about the movie line. There's something I wanted to, to mention is that this, this movie sort of retcons a little bit of the first movie, and some of the, the main creators of the first movie didn't like this. Where in this movie, it sort of claims I read that it claims that Jason was alive the whole time. Now, when I, we watched this movie just recently, to me, it didn't feel like they, they completely ret- retconned that, they sort of said. Yeah, they're, like they're, they're having a discussion in the pub and they're talking about what, you know, what would have happened if Jason had managed to stay us, survive, and he was in the woods this whole time and then he saw his mother beheaded. Um, and actually, before we go any further in this discussion, we should probably give the general warning that there may be some spoilers ahead. We'll try and keep them to a minimum, but, um, it is an old movie. As I said, Friday the 13th, part two came out in 1981. So it's 39 years old, so hopefully most people have seen it, but yeah, we'll we'll keep our spoilers to a minimum. Anyway, back to this discussion. So yeah, I I read that they were claiming that it, it retconned it, and it basically said that Jason was alive the whole time. Like, So if you don't know the original movie, it claims that Jason, he was sort of a mentally challenged child, and the counselors weren't looking after him, and they... He, he went swimming in the lake and drowned because he, he wasn't quite a, uh, he wasn't a very strong swimmer. And then Pamela Voorhees, of course, blamed the counsellors because they were off doing other stuff and not paying any attention to, to Jason, and unfortunately he drowned. Um, and then that's why then she starts killing the counsellors. So I, like I said, don't recall them ever actually straight out retconning that and saying, no, he survived the whole thing. They, they have someone in the pub sort of do a what if sort of scenario. But then because I didn't realise, I then looked it up on the internet and I found a, a fandom page which sort of broke down a, a bit of a timeline which said that Jason was born in nineteen forty six. Uh he apparently died in like nineteen fifty seven. And then and then yeah, and then Pamela Voorhees she killed the two main counsellor people who were meant to be running the the park and then the the, the campground got shut down. Then over the years they kept trying to reopen it and then but there were always these mysterious fires which this website says that, you know, suspicion laid that it was it's probably um Mrs. Voorhees setting these fires and stopping them until up until like nineteen seventy nine when they managed to like basically start and reopen it. And that's when the whole thing of part one happened. That's where she started killing off all the counselors. That website also says that what you don't realize is that yes, Jason apparently climbs out of the water, doesn't know what to do to get help, and then wanders off into the bush and then lives in the bush for like thirty years. You know, finds a shack or builds a shack, and then lives in the bush for thirty years, never sees anyone else, grows up, and then becomes a giant mass murderer. Um, so that's what that fandom page said is is basically the timeline of this. What do you think of the storyline? Now, although you haven't seen the first movie where it sort of basically laid the, the ground that he, he did die 30 years ago, what are your thoughts on that he, he didn't die and just for some reason he's been living for 30 years in the, in the woods by himself and became this, you know, psycho killer?
0: Um, well, I think it's a bit strange that if he did wander into the woods, he wouldn't find help and he would just instantly build himself a shack and then live there for like 30 or something years it does sort of make sense to become a killer because he did see his mother get decapitated by Alice. But I'm not entirely sure that the whole he didn't drown, didn't know what to do and just walked into the woods and lived there for 30 years sort of makes sense. Like, I would get it if there was, like, just something else that made it a bit more. Other than that, it does seem like a pretty okay storyline.
1: Yeah. I I think it's a... a, I, I agree with the creators of the original movie i think it was silly to change it to make it that jason ran off into the woods and lived in by himself like if he didn't know how to get help after he almost drowned how did he spend 30 years surviving in the woods like it's less likely he's going to be able to take care of himself if he doesn't know how to get help if he's after he's managed to survive almost drowning at the end of the first movie it sort of ends with alice falling asleep in a boat on the water and a young Jason jumping out of the water and pulling her into it. And then then she's talking to the police afterwards after they rescue her, and it's like she asks about the boy, and they're like, what boy? We didn't see any boy. And it sort of left as, you know, did Jason, a young Jason, somehow come out of the water and pull her in, or was it just a dream? And they sort of left it like, oh, it was just a dream. I think it would have been more straightforward if that was like Jason as like a demon coming out of the water and being re-resurrected. Now, that does happen later in in these movies. Like, they they clearly kill him multiple times and not, like, may have killed him. Like, they literally goes to hell. There's the Freddy and Jason movie. Like, they, they blow him up. They drown him, all sorts of stuff. I think it would have been better if they, like, made him... Like, he came back as the young boy, but then, like, because he's no longer a human and he's, like, superhuman, that that's when he, like... Fully grows up to be a, a full-on adult super killer, possessed undead thing straight away on, on from number two, and it's not like that he's just been living in the wilderness for the last thirty years. I, I think having him live in the wilderness for thirty years is, is stupid. I think it would have been much better if they just went with, yep, he's come back from the dead and he's an undead killing machine, and now he and now he's seeking vengeance because he saw his mum get uh, decapitated. So. And so that would make a lot more sense to me than the whole, yep, he's been living in the woods for, for 30 years.
0: I agree. I think it, that would definitely make a bit more sense.
1: Let's move on to who the characters are. Did you want to go for the characters or shall I? I
0: yeah. shall go through the characters. Yeah, you go
1: through the characters for us then.
0: So we have Paul played by John Fury. Ted played by Stuart Carno, Jason played by Warrington Gillette. Ginny, played by Amy Steele, Terry, played by Kristen Baker, Mark, played by Tom McBride, and Vicky, played by Lauren Marie Taylor.
1: All right, so they were the main characters, obviously. There were actually quite a few more counsellors that were in this, and there's actually, surprisingly, a few that survived because they went off onto the town and they weren't actually there when Jason was doing his killing spree. Did you actually have a favourite character in this movie, Emily?
0: I did. It wasn't one of the counselors, though. My favorite character was Crazy Ralph.
1: <laughs> Another crazy person takes your crazy hall of fame.
0: Yes. Um, he, again, was only in there for, like, a little bit. He'd get killed at the end of it. Well, yeah. not at the end, but, like, in the middle area. Yep. He got killed. Sad. But at the beginning when he was alive, he was, I wouldn't say happy, but he was certainly alive. He was telling people not to go into the woods or they'll die, basically. He foretold the future.
1: Yeah, because he, he when he first comes in, he's like going, I told them before, I'll tell you to, you
0: you're all doomed. Doomed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because he was actually in the first movie as well for a short bit where obviously he told them that they're all doomed if they go up to the woods or whatever.
0: See, he knows. Yeah. He knows.
1: But yet yeah, he didn't stay away himself, and then he got killed.
0: Sad, but still, he knew. Uh, what was your, who was your favourite character, considering you don't know, like my crazy Ralph? <laughs>
1: Well, I had a crazy person as well, but it wasn't crazy Ralph; it was crazy Ted. Uh, so I liked Ted. He was the he was the prankster of the show. Um, he was quite comical the whole way through.
0: He was only there for comic relief.
1: He was. Uh, so, mo- as most people who watch horror movies will soon realise that pretty much every horror movie has like a prankster and comic relief guy, um, and they they're usually the ones that get blamed quite early on for like doing a lot of pranks they'll like they'll do some pranks to scare people and then when things start going awry they they usually get blamed by everyone else for being the ones that are doing all these pranks and they're like it wasn't me it wasn't me or whatever um but yeah what i liked most about ted what interested me it wasn't so much his character as a whole but what he represented because as i mentioned just then that and usually the pranksters are one of the few people that um, the ones that die off quite early and that's why like when all these other pranks happen around they believe, they just think it's the prankster and they're hiding and they're doing all these pranks and causing the lights to go out or the phone to be cut off or whatever they think it's just the prankster and he's gone hiding but little do they know he's actually been dead for like the last half an hour. But in this movie, Ted he is one of the few survivors and he's so normally in these horror movies you either get the you know, what they call the final girl, the, the main survivor, sometimes there is a final guy. Ted's neither a final girl or a final guy. And he actually does like the three rules you shouldn't break if you want to survive a horror movie. And it's like, you know, don't get intimate, don't do drugs, don't drink, and don't leave a room and say, I'll be back shortly. Ted actually went off drinking. He I can't remember if he actually did drugs in the movie. I don't think he did, I think he just drank. But then he stayed at the pub trying to hook up with a lady there that he fancied. And because of doing those things, he actually didn't return back to the camp. So he survived. So that's why I like Ted. He actually broke the rules of surviving a horror movie. And because he broke them so much, he actually survived. Normally, that doesn't happen for the, the pranksters in in the slasher movies and that. They're usually one of the first ones to get killed off.
0: He just reversed everything. He
1: did. So... Uh,
0: he yeah. used 1% of his power. <laughs>
1: He broke the law, The laws of Scream.
0: Yes. He broke laws and didn't get in trouble or get killed. So <laughs> he he did something good good for Ted.
1: So, uh, as always, we always like to look a little bit into the movies and try and find some interesting facts around the production and, and, and things that happen and, you know, what went into making the movie. Did you do any research this time and what did you end up finding out about this movie?
0: I did do a bit of research and I found out a bit mainly about The actor's getting hurt. Oh, Um, yes. So throughout this movie, there was a lot of scenes where, like, breaking windows or there was a scene where, uh, yeah, it's a pickaxe and a machete. They kind of, like, clash together. There was a couple, like, scenes where somebody could have gotten hurt while acting, and I did a little bit of research, and, yes, people do get hurt while acting a lot. So in one scene where Jason crashes through a window... And tries to grab Ginny. Um, Jason, the actor, the actor who did play Jason was actually hurt when he did that. When he tried to break the window, he didn't hit it hard enough or it didn't break or something. And he ended up just hitting his head on the glass. Mm. So that would have really hurt. Another one was when Jason was chasing Ginny in, um, through the woods. He ends up for, uh, the actor who played him ended up falling on the pickaxe and breaking some ribs. Yeah, and that must have hurt again.
1: Yeah, I bet it did. Yeah, that one.
0: Um. So, and then one time he was knocked out, and then there's heaps of these. So, like one time he was knocked out, another time he cut his finger.
1: Oh, that's that's when he was that's when he was using his pickaxe to to block the machete. They she actually missed the pickaxe and, and hit his finger and actually cut his finger.
0: Yeah. And he ended up having to go to the hospital, getting stitches, and then returning back to work. So he, there was definitely a lot of injuries in this movie, not just on screen, but also behind the scenes.
1: Yes. Well, speaking of, of all these scenes, uh, did you have a favourite scene for this movie?
0: Yes, I did. My favourite scene was when Ginny first arrives at the counsellor training camp thing. I'm not sure what you would call it. It's some sort of council training camp. That was my favourite one. That's probably my favourite scene. She just arrived in with this car that is very noisy and old and with a bunch of canoes in the back. And just, it's a great scene. I don't know why, but I really like that scene. Did you have a favourite scene?
1: Well, Before we move on to my favourite scene, oh. explain a bit more on what happened. Like, So she's, she's pulled up in a car mm. and it's a noisy car.
0: Nozica. She's also the um, assistant for the camp that they were in, and she arrives very, very late. I think they said that she, that all the other people got there like half an hour, an hour early before her, so she was very late. I'm pretty sure she had a dog. Did she have a dog?
1: I don't think she had a dog. Someone else owned a Somebody
0: dog. Somebody had a dog, yes. Yeah. That didn't play a big part. It just existed. That should be my favourite character. <laughs> Um, but nobody can top Crazy Ralph. Um, I also, another reason why I liked the scene was it was just sort of an introductory to the main character, and it kind of gave her, like, a little bit of, I wouldn't say, it gave her her part in the movie, kind of like who she was.
1: Showed a personality.
0: Yeah, showed a personality, her characteristics.
1: So, I think, yeah, I think that was a pretty good opening scene, sort of, for everyone, because it sort of, they did, everyone sort of had little comments that they would, to make the sort of give who they were as a type of character. So it sort of showed you all the stereotypes that all the counselors were. So I can see where that was. It was like why you're sort of like that gave you a good, pretty good breakdown of who all the characters were um, and sort of gave you a hint at who might die.
0: Yes. What about you? What was your favorite scene?
1: Actually, I'm going to be controversial here. Ooh. I didn't actually, <laughs> I didn't actually have a favorite scene in this movie. Now, pathetic. <laughs> no, well, no, not quite. So, I'll, I'll explain. So, I like the movie. It's a pretty good movie. I just didn't think that any, especially in the death scenes and everything like that, I didn't find any really stood out. There are a lot of good opportunities for some exciting deaths and special effects and all that sort of stuff, but I just don't think they. In the movie, every single death just sort of ended, and there was just no standout for me. And it's probably because, and when we were doing research on this after we watched it, I read that they'd actually cut out lots of stuff around all the death scenes. So all the death scenes, they they were afraid of getting a, a high rating for this movie um, because they had increased all the. All the deaths in the gore, or, or they didn't really increase the gore, but increase the amount of deaths or whatever. So they were scared they were going to get too high a rating. So they ended up editing it and cutting back the death scene. So when you see someone get hit by a machete, you see it swing and hit, just, and then you, the screen cuts. And then, you know, there's a couple that killed in the bed. And you, the way that they show that is the girl sees Jason come in with a big spear. And then the next minute, The view is under the bed, and you see the spear go through. And from what I read, was all these scenes actually had full proper scenes of them being killed, like where you'd see Jason actually stab the spear through them. You'd see him like chop a machete into their head, and you'd see a lot more blood and stuff. And the deaths lasted a long lot longer. But because they were so terrified about getting these high this higher rating, that they ended up cutting it all back, and I think that that actually hindered the movie. In that it didn't have any standout scenes, whatever. Like the pub scene where they all went to the pub and had a bit of a drink and a bit of a laugh was, was pretty good. Cause it sort of again showed some more of the characters and character building for the ones who were going to survive. Cause they, they went and they had a drink, but then they went back because you know, they are been responsible. But yeah, in the, in all the death scenes and stuff, I just felt a little left, let down. And you know, it was because they, were too scared to get that higher rating on the movie. And it was like, to me, it felt very vanilla. It it, it was like, you'd get there, you knew he was about to kill him, and then the would, scene would end. And so, therefore, every time I was getting ready to see like an exciting death seed, I was let down each time.
0: Vanilla. Plain, boring, and tasteless. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, well, after that little rant, let's talk about special effects then, because... That's basically what I was just talking about, is how they had to cut out all the special effects. So they, not all the special effects, but they cut out some of the special effects. Mm. Of the special effects that they did leave in, what did you think? Was there anything that stood out to you?
0: Well, there wasn't really a lot, as you said, because they cut out a lot, but there was a little bit, example, the small parts of the death scenes that you could actually see. Um, I think they did okay at the special effects. They didn't go, again, they didn't go overboard with all the blood and everything. But it wasn't like, you know, somebody gets macheted in the face and only a little bit comes out, like a little bit of blood comes out. At least they had a a reasonable amount there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think they did pretty good in that. There was some cool death scenes and they definitely did good on making it look realistic.
1: What what about Jason's face? Because you actually see Jason's face for a, a split second or so when he comes jumping through the window to grab Ginny? Uh, what did you think of the special effects, like the makeup and the prosthetics that they used to to sort of make his face misshapen? Yeah,
0: I think I think they did good on that part as well with the makeup and everything. That was they did good on that.
1: I think the only other real standout thing that I can remember there was also his like the house that they had built that his little shack he had his little shrine to his mum and had her skull mm. her or not her skull it was like her decomposing head in there which they they showed a few times that that was a pretty decent skull i did see though that they also cut a bit of that out as well because at the end of the movie they actually originally had the um the mum's face, smile and wink or something at the screen just as it was ending, but they cut that out and they apparently probably cut it out for a good reason. They said it looked too fake, it looked too corny. Um So on that respect, I can understand why they, they would have cut that out so they at least left it so they had the realistic-looking head in there and not like some fake plasticky toy mask thing winking at people. But all in all, I thought... I I would have liked to have seen some more. I thought they did pretty good with his his, um, facial mask thing that they put on Jason. The deaths, I can see that they probably would have been really good if they had just let a little bit more of it um, be focused on during the movie and not had cut so much of it out. Um, Although, you know, we we know that he hurt himself. Him breaking through the glass window was pretty cool. Um, There was also the scene right at the beginning where he tracks Alice down after she had a couple of months after she had beheaded his mother, and he stabs her through the head with like a ice pick, mm. which apparently uh, again the, didn't work the first time. It was meant to be a retractable pick, ice pick, and when he stabbed it into her head, that didn't actually retract, and so it actually jabbed her in the head. Unfortunately, so they had to do the shot again. But on another note, on that again, full of information. This is actually the first time, when you first see Jason in this movie and you see his legs and he's walking along on his way to um, find Alice and kill her, those legs actually belong to a woman. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So many facts. I know. We, we, we should change our name to the Fact Finders.
0: <laughs> Fact. Fine. No.
1: No. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So on the on the way to Alice, it was actually played by Ellen Luter, Um and she was the costume, the film's costume designer. And so for that, for the scene where she's, Jason is walking along the road on his way to Alice's place. It's actually played by a woman. It's the first and only time that I, I believe a woman has played Jason in any of these movies. Obviously, they they could do it because all you see are the legs walking and you don't actually see Jason at all until the hand picks up the um, ice pick and stabs it into Alice's head. But I just thought it was an interesting fact that Jason had actually been played by a woman. Yes. So anything else you want to bring up and mention? We we sort of have touched on our thoughts of Jason being alive in the woods already when we talked about the main storyline, but was there any other things that you wanted to bring up that you liked or disliked about the storyline?
0: Um. Again, one of a- The things I didn't didn't like, because it didn't really make sense, was Jason living in the woods for 30 years. Um, But other than that, I think the storyline was good. Like, somebody becoming a killer because they saw their mother get beheaded by some random chick. Yeah, I think that's a good storyline. They just needed to... mm, you just need to make it make a little bit more sense. Just
1: needed to flesh out like the reason of why he was not there for the last thirty years, or hiding in the woods, or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. and then if they added in that and they made it make and it made a little bit more sense, then boom, perfect storyline, amazing movies.
1: Yeah, and like I said, in future he in future movies, and again, it's always hard because uh, it, you know when they make a future movie that he dies in and then he comes back to life and they can then say he's now an undead creature or whatever. Like, they don't know that back in 1981 that someone in, you know, the year 2006 or whatever is going to turn him into a unstoppable undead killing machine, so... But, yeah, I agree. I just... I just wish that they, again, had given a better reason, like if he was meant to be alive this whole time, come up with some sort of reason. I know they didn't actually specifically say in this movie that he was alive and it was only a hypothetical conversation in a pub, but everyone seems to have latched onto that as the truth. And as I said, when I looked up on the web pages about that, that's what people sort of state is the facts is that he did die. He came out of the pot, the lake, didn't know where to go for help, and so then he went and somehow built a built a shed or whatever in the woods and lived there for the for the next thirty years until he saw his mother get decapitated, and then he decided to go on a killing spree to seek revenge on any teenager because it was a teenager that killed his mum. So yeah, I think we've sort of cleared gave you our piece on that just the one little flaw i think in the storyline apart from that i think it was a pretty good storyline of you know a young a young man or un- unstoppable killing machine you know with a great love for his mother sees her get killed why wouldn't he go off and go on a ten- uh, go on a rampage and kill every other teenager that he saw yes all right so let's move into the rating so using our pattern pending rating system What do you think? Do you think this movie is a daylight movie, meaning it's really scary and you must watch it in broad daylight? Is it a twilight movie, meaning it's moderately scary, but you can watch it in a bit of dusk time? Or is it midnight and it's not scary at all and you can just watch it in pitch dark?
0: Well, I think it did have a little bit of a jump scare or two in there. So I think if you're not good with, like, being scared, there's only a little bit of scariness. So if you're not good with being scared at a random interval of time, there may be a twilight. Mm-hmm. But other than that, if you're good with the being jump scared, then definitely a midnight.
1: Yeah, I agree. It, it does have those few, even though they've cut out a lot of the special effects and the the death scenes and stuff like that, they do, as you said, keep a few death scenes in where he comes crashing through a wall or a door or a a window or You open up something and something, open up a door and someone falls out or whatever. If you aren't too keen on jump scares, then yeah, definitely a twilight. Otherwise, if you have no problems with jump scares and you enjoy them like us, then a midnight is fine. And we actually did watch this one in the dark, which is a little bit different because we're trying to raise the bar. I think we've been watching most of our movies in pure daylight. And now we're, I think we're going to raise the bar a little and start watching some of the slightly scarier ones at a slightly darker time. Yes. All right, and what age would you recommend they, a person be before they attempt to watch this movie?
0: Mm, uh, I think somebody should be about 14 years old, above.
1: See, I don't like it when you say things like that because you're two years younger than 14, which means I shouldn't have shown you this movie. And then, and then you're saying anyone who's older than me should watch it but not me
0: yeah basically
1: uh and why what was what was it this time that <laughs> means that you it needs to be older
0: uh again there's the nudity
1: I warned you about the nudity this time because I <laughs> Does it the... change
0: the fact that it should be 14 okay I'm 13, there you go.
1: 13, yeah. Well, you're almost 13, so I can live with that. And I would agree. 13 is fine. There is a tiny bit of nudity from a distance. Again, we are not certified movie raters. We're just two people hanging out watching horror movies and chatting about them. So please, if you're going to show your children this movie, make sure you watch it and you're happy to show them first. But as I said, someone about 12 or 13 because there isn't a lot of nudity and it's not a it's just a few jump scares and most of the deaths are pretty tame. All right, well, I think that's been a pretty good discussion on this movie. So unless you've got anything you'd like to add?
0: No, I'm good.
1: No, you're good. I to this movie bit.
0: should be 14. Other than that, I'm good. I'm done.
1: Well, on that note then, till next time.
0: Goodbye.
1: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive review. But most of all, please tell a friend. If you have any questions, comments, or review suggestions, please email us at, some daylight required at outlook.com. And always remember, be good,
0: be kind, and, and always rewind. rewind. That's it man, game over man, game over.